It's, it's really amazing um, when, when you look at some of these numbers. 40% of the food that we produce in the U.S. is never eaten. It is shocking to discover that 40% of the food produced in the United States is wasted. Welcome to Mothering Earth, your source for sustainable living news. I'm Salwa Khan. It's not just the wasted food that could be used to feed people, but there are all the wasted resources and additional greenhouse gases that come from producing that food. Let's, for example, consider a tomato that you bought at the store. From the time the farmer planted a tomato seed to when the plant produced fruit, it must be given water and fertilizers. If the tomato wasn't organically produced, pesticides were sprayed. Greenhouse gases may have been produced by farm equipment used to plow the field and may be used when the fruit is harvested. Workers were involved in both the planting, tending, and harvesting. Fossil fuels are used to transport the fruit to the store where other workers unpack and place the fruit on shelves. That's a very simple example. Processed foods involve many more resources and workers. To work on the issue of food waste, the National Science Foundation is funding research to discover why we waste so much food and what can be done about it. In this edition of Mothering Earth, we'll hear from Matt Hartings, the lead researcher at American University in Washington, D.C. My name is Matt Hartings, and I am an associate professor of chemistry at American University. I, I teach a class called The Chemistry of Cooking, where we engage our students who are not scientists and who are not training to be scientists uh, with doing some fun chemistry and, and doing chemistry in a kitchen. Um, through that work, I've, I've written a book called Chemistry in Your Kitchen, uh, aimed at a general audience, talking about food chemistry and all the fun that we do in our, in our homes when we, when we cook food. And so I, I got into this grant and, and this funding um, really because of a lot of the educational work that I've done around food and food awareness. And, and our grant itself has a large educational component to it. Yeah, so tell us about the grant, where it's from and what the purpose is. We have a, a grant from the National Science Foundation, and it is for a total of $15 million, which is a lot of money, it still kind of boggles my mind. Uh, but that grant gets split up a lot of ways. We have 15 universities or institutions that we're working with um, and, and all of the different researchers spread across all those, those different institutions. So we want to understand wasted food, the scale of wasted food, how that changes regionally, how different drivers, regional drivers, local drivers, national drivers, um, change how we waste food, uh, both at home, uh, on, on the farms, in processing. The second part of this is that we were studying lots of different uh, solutions to address wasted food. Um, and, and so that can be a number of things, right? Whether it is what we can do in our homes and individually to, to do that, what sorts of policies we can put in place, um, what we can do uh, with food that is just, uh, that goes to waste naturally. 
due to spoilage or, or whatnot. One of the things that we really want to do in this, in this grant is figure out how to make a closed loop on our food system where any food that's left over, we are figuring out a way to put those nutrients back into the ground or back into use somehow. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan, and I'm here today with Matt Hartings. He is Associate Professor of Chemistry at American University, and we're talking about a food waste study. Um, let's just kind of get into the uh, statistics, I guess. Sure. What are, uh, how much food is wasted in the U.S.? You know, it's, it's really amazing um, when, when you look at some of these numbers. 40% of the food that we produce in the U.S. is never eaten. That just that boggles my mind, right? A mm -hmm. um, hundred million tons of food that we produce is never used. It's, it's a huge problem. Mm -hmm. And when you think really about all of the effort that went into making that food, into producing that food, right? people working on their farms, uh, harvesting, processing the food, getting it out. There's, there's a lot that goes into that and a lot of other sorts of externalities that come from that too, whether it is the amount of water we use to, to help to grow that food or produce that food, um, the amount of pesticides that get used, the, the amount of fertilizer that gets used, um, the amount of greenhouse gases that are produced in the, in the production of, the, of that food. And so all of those things, right, from all the way from the, the workers' effort in, in producing that food and, and all of the other processes that go along with that, that is a lot of wasted effort, 40%, a lot of wasted effort uh, to make what we eventually use. Um, and, and so it's a, it's a big problem just in terms of, of the scale and the magnitude, but also it's hugely inefficient. And, and it, it couples to the fact that, right, we're putting all of this effort into preparing our food so we can live the lifestyle that we have. Um, so we're putting all that effort in, but we still have so many people in need as well. And so that 40% could do so much, could do so much benefit. And so we really need to think about ways to, to, to use our food and to use our food system better. Right. Is the problem the same in other countries? It, it is amazingly similar worldwide. Um, so there is um, there are stats from the World Food Program, and it's about 33% of the food that's produced is wasted. Yeah. There's a big difference between what, again, what they call um, developing nations and industrialized nations of where food is wasted. Um, in industrial nations, food gets wasted on the consumer side where we buy more food than we need or food goes bad in the grocery store, things like the food, food gets not used in, the, in a restaurant or there are trimmings that get thrown away in the restaurant, things like that. So it's more of a consumer side where, where the majority of the food waste happens. Um, in, in what they term as developing nations, that food gets wasted on the production side, whether it's the, the lack of a cold chain for, for transferring, transporting food from one place or to another. And so there are differences uh, between, uh, between countries just in, in the way that, that food is wasted. But 
in the end, that number is about the same, right? 33% worldwide. Right. And uh, do we know how much food is wasted per person in the U.S. every day? One of our researchers who is uh, one of the, the lead researchers in this grant at Ohio State, uh, his name is Brian Rowe, he just had a study that came out where they look at um, household food waste. And in the house, we are wasting about 400 grams of food per person per week. That's about a pound of food per person Correct. every week. We're talking about food that's going where? Where, where does, is that all going in the trash or what's? Yeah, so that, that is a wonderful question. Uh, really, most of it will end up going to landfill. And you think about just even at home when we're when we are um, getting rid of our food, like even when I'm doing that, right? I am working on this project, right? And I am a lead researcher on this project. Uh, and and I think most oftentimes when you know if you have a a head of lettuce that's gone bad or something like that, you just take it and toss it in the trash can because that's what's easiest. So most of our food does go to landfill. Um, and, and it's hard to break from that, right? I think about this all the time and it's hard to break from those, um, to, to break from, from doing that. There are a number of states who are starting to put in and put through legislation such that no organic material, so any food-based material can be landfilled, that they're gonna have different dedicated waste streams for this. And that helps a lot as well, just having that be part of our, our everyday life. Um, and it really speaks to the social nature of this problem. And I, I want to highlight that a little bit. Right. So the National Science Foundation, or NSF, um, does so much to, to support research in this country. And I think a lot of people see the NSF as, as funding you know, what I might call the hard sciences, right? You think about really scientific studies. But this problem of wasted food is a social problem, right? It really deals with how we do things socially. And so we need to think about social solutions as well. Um, and so these sorts of legislation, these sort of legislative uh, mandates and, and, and enacted laws and other things like that can really help to start move full people forward. And so in our group, we have quite a few uh, policy uh, experts who are working with us as well, several here at American University with me. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. I'm speaking with Matt Hartings, Associate Professor of Chemistry at American University. And we're talking about the food waste study that's going on at the university and at other institutions. Um, so a food that is wasted on the farm, what happens to that and, and why is it wasted? There are a number of, of ways that, that wasted food on the farm, where, where that might go to. Um, there are many times where uh, some wasted food may be given to uh, livestock as feed. Uh, sometimes that food um, will be uh, used in, in on-farm on composting. Uh, sometimes it's used for ground cover over the over the winter. So there are lots of different things that happen with with wasted food on farms. Um, there are other times too where the wasted food gets gets thrown away or disposed of in a non-ideal fashion. Certainly, you know, in the news 
not so long ago, there were stories of, of dairy farmers dumping their milk because they had over, they had produced so much and there was no need for it. And so rather than keep it in their storage bins, they had to, to dump it. And that's not, that was as milk down the drain. Is, is it mainly an issue of overproduction and then they can't sell it, so they dump it? it it's a matter of not being able to sell it. That's right. That's right. And so is it, it it's, it's really tricky. And again, this is the, the social nature of this issue. We expect that when we go to the grocery store, they're going to have everything that we might want to have and then some, right? And so we, we need, right? We demand as consumers that our, our local grocery stores are, are completely stocked with all the things that we might possibly want. This on-demand nature of, of the way that we typically do business. And it's, it's just the way things go. And so we need our farmers to be producing all the time. And I think we saw what happens when uh, the on-demand nature of that is disrupted somehow. Right. This was very apparent during uh, during the the start of the pandemic when our transport chains were disrupted and and so we didn't have it was hard to get flour at the grocery store it was hard to get milk at the grocery store whatever the case may be and that was a huge disruption in our lives we are so used to this but an effect of that is that we put this demand on our on our farmers and and. And, and so finding that balance is tricky as well. So uh, the food that uh, we waste, as you said, usually ends up in a landfill. Mm -hmm. But what are, uh, you mentioned there may be other ways of dealing sure. with that. So like, yeah. what are they? So, right. So we, looking at, at wasted, so let me talk about wasted food in general. Can I do that first and then we'll, we'll go to farm specifically? So in wasted food in general, and we have different ways that we look at it within the grant. You can rescue wasted food so you get it at that point before it goes bad and distribute it, figure out how to distribute that food to where it is needed now, right? Who has the need now for that food? Um, you can reuse some food. Uh, you can put food into uh, composting. Or you can do something else, which we call uh, valorization. You can find ways to uh, to make value-added products out of wasted food materials, and so that includes things like we we are studying biodigesters, so taking wasted food and, and wasted food products and using anaerobic digestion, using bacteria and things like that. Uh, to, to break the food into smaller components. And in that process, it makes methane or biogas is what, what it's termed as, uh, natural gas, I guess, right, um, as, as a fuel source for people. So we're trying to find ways to, to, to value add or get value from, from wasted food as well. So there are lots of different possible streams or, or ways to, to use or um, put food into an end-of-life cycle sort of thing, if you will. Right. And so when you're talking about distributing it, uh, are you talking about t taking it, for example, to a food bank or something like that? Certainly, that is that is one option. Um, we have one of our researchers, uh, Ronnie Neff, who is at Johns Hopkins. Uh, she is working in, in 
very closely with the Albertsons chain of, of grocery stores and figuring out the, the optimal, the best mechanisms, the best way to get their food to the places where it needs to be as, as they are thinking about moving it off of their shelves, right? So this is fresh produce, things like that. Um, so how does that work? How do we, how do we approach that problem? How do we get food from, again, from a grocery store when it, you know, if you go to the grocery store and there's an apple there that maybe has a little bruise in it, maybe you don't want to buy it. Maybe lots of people don't want to buy it. That there's nothing wrong with that apple. It's just, it's a little bruised. You can still use it. How do you, how do you take that and, and make sure it is getting to someone somewhere where that can be used. So there's, there's all of these things that go along with that. Yeah, I know uh, we have in Texas a, a grocery chain called HEB, um, and they that's what they do with a lot of their uh, produce is it goes mm -hmm. to food banks. You know, they have a system where it goes to food banks. Right. And, and really that system is important. You know, one of the things that, that we're really thinking about is figuring out how do we make this normal, right? Where it, it's part of just our regular process where we don't think about it. it. It just happens naturally. And that's a, that's a, it's a hard, there are lots of hard habits that we have to break in, in doing that. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. I'm here today with Matt Hartings, Associate Professor of Chemistry at American University. Um, and you talked earlier about uh, inputs into food, things like water. So there are, in addition to just wasting the food, environmental repercussions. Can you talk about those? We're, we're thinking about what are, how, how do we think about the carbon dioxide we're putting into our environment? How do, we, how do we change that? How do we modify that? How do we alter that? And again, this, this amount of carbon dioxide that we're emitting just from wasted food is a lot. And, and again, I'm going to go back to a stat that uh, the, the World Food Program gives. The CO2 emitted just from the production of wasted food, food we never use, food that never gets used for anything. If you pooled all of that together, the amount of carbon dioxide emitted is would be the if if you did that it is the third largest source of of carbon dioxide production after China and the US. Wow. So the China China and the US are the major producers of of carbon dioxide. All the wasted food in the world combined is the third major producer of carbon dioxide. And again, it's it's in the end it goes it's it's for nothing. Right. It's, it's for nothing. It is for our own ease and comfort. And so we really need to figure out ways to make our food systems more efficient to approach that as well. It's a it's a big deal. What are the economic repercussions to families, to their budget? There are different ways that we all um, interface with with food waste in our lives. I think it's likely that the that the households where wasted food most occurs are the ones that can afford to have that food be wasted. I think that is likely the case. Again, this is, this is my, um, it's hard to waste food, right? I, I, you, I grew up, right. You finish your plate, all that stuff, right? There, there are, 
there are a lot of people in this country who cannot afford to waste food and they do not. Um, and so I think a lot of our, our wasted food, again, it, a lot of it does come from the, the need and the, the enjoyment of having the convenience of having food around for when you want to make a recipe, you want stuff around. I love to cook. I love to cook. And, but it's hard when you go to cook something and, oh, I'm out of this ingredient. Oh, I'm out of that ingredient. Oh, I could really use um, some oranges right now. I don't have any oranges at home. I'm going to go buy a big bag of oranges because I need one or whatever the case may be, right? They're decisions that I make as a consumer because I am, uh, you know, I am comfortable enough with my own economics that I can, I can do that. But uh, in the end, right, we have to be really smart about, about how we approach some of this. And then what's the role of restaurants? I don't know how many times I've been to mm -hmm. a restaurant and, you know, people will order whatever they order and then mm -hmm. they leave half of it or maybe even more. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the overall food waste in the, the restaurant world is, is a, something that we are really trying to get a better handle on and understanding. Um, and, and we're not the only ones who are looking into this as well. Uh, Refed, R-E-F-E-D, Refed, which is an organization here in the United States um, that also looks at food waste um, and is a, a big leader in the area. They are, um, they care a lot right now about thinking of how to reduce the amount of wasted food at restaurants. And so that, that process is different. So if you go to a very fancy restaurant, they want to make sure that your food looks perfect and, and that the, uh, the portion that you get on your plate is designed just right. Well, that involves lots of trimming getting rid of, of parts of vegetables or meats or whatever that don't look pretty enough. Uh, so there, there are trimmings that are associated with high-end restaurants. Um, in restaurants that, are, are, that serve lots of people, um, typically overproduction is, is the, or overpreparation is the issue there, right? So again, that convenience that we all want um, when I take my kids through the, the drive-through at McDonald's, right? I expect my I expect my food to be ready in two minutes. Well, they have to have it prepped already, and so there's some some food waste that occurs on that side at restaurants like like those. Right. So, what can individuals do to curb food waste? There are, there are things that we can do individually. I think it's most important that we have uh, larger scale social interventions. Uh, to, to really curb this waste. But individually, I think it's really important too. Um, you know, we, we look at, I, I like to think as, a, as someone who enjoys cooking and enjoys food, um, there are a lot of, of recipes that, that we have at home where we're using, um, where we're using food that might other be wasted. Uh, overripe bananas is one of them. I know people really love to make banana bread out of that, but we make, uh, we make chocolate chip cookies using the standard Toll House recipe, um, but just using those bananas instead of eggs. And it's great. It's one of, like it's one of our favorite recipes. And I, I only bring it up bring it up because our kids love it. It's just they they make really good cookies. Um, 
but there, you know, there are things that like that you can do really being intentional when you go to the grocery store and thinking about what it is you're buying, um, when you're going to need it, how you're going to need it. Um, perhaps it is my upbringing of, you know, my, my, uh, maternal grandparents were farmers. Uh, many of my aunts and uncles on that side are still farmers. What about things like composting? Sure. I mean, definitely um, you can yeah. do that. Yeah, composting you can do as well. Um, one of our other uh, researchers, Callie Babbitt, who's at the Rochester Institute of Technology, and she is the overall lead on this this research grant. Her whole uh, her whole career has been built around how do we find end of life uses for different technologies, technological things, and, and also food, right? What do we do with things at the end? And, and composting is a great one, um, especially if you are, you know, if you have a garden at home, composting is great. If you have, um, if you have a, a, um, a pickup service, right, through the, the city or county where you live, we're fortunate enough here where, where I live, uh, right outside of Washington, D.C. in Maryland. We just have a, um, a regular pickup when, when they come to get our trash or our recycling. We have a, a, an organic waste pickup as well. Um, and so being, again, intentional and considerate about that helps a lot. When, when food goes, when wasted food goes into the landfill, that's it, right? That it can't be used for anything else. That landfill that we're not going to, go back through and try to extract some, some dirt for cover soil that we might be able to use. But if you, right, if you are composting and if you put that into um, a composting stream, again, you, you're going to get some value out of the, the wasted food. We can put those nutrients back into the ground. You're listening to Mothering Earth. I'm Salwa Khan. I'm speaking with Matt Hartings, Associate Professor of Chemistry at American University. Um, is there anything that large organizations such as schools, uh, government offices, companies uh, could be doing to curb food waste? That is an excellent question as well. Um, and, and the answer is always yes. There are things that we can do. And again, being it really intentional. And if we, we think about sort of the, the personal responsibility side of this too, just paying attention to what is wasted and what what we're throwing away and what we get rid of. Just monitoring that that act of watching is helpful. So for larger organizations, watch what you do, right? Watch what goes away. What this has made me think about more is to really be more intentional about what I'm doing. I notice, right? I notice when we throw food away. As a parent, like I, we had three kids at home, I'm always noticing when things go to waste. And, and again, it could be my upbringing and always finishing everything that's on your plate and, and things like that. But I really notice now and, and just that act of paying attention, that act of paying attention can be, it, it's such a powerful thing. It, it is amazing to see as new generations come along. And, and this is a benefit of being an educator as well. Our students are becoming, are continually becoming more and more, um, uh, more and more aware of, of the environment, of doing things that benefit the environment, of noticing, um, noticing our hypocrisies. 
That's all for now. This has been Mothering Earth on Food Waste. Thanks to our guest, Matt Hartings at American University, and thanks so much to you for listening. Mothering Earth is also on Instagram at mothering underscore earth and on Facebook at Mothering Earth Pod. Our website is mothering-earth.com. Until next time, this is Salwa Khan signing off for Mothering Earth, your source for sustainable living news. The views and opinions expressed on Mothering Earth do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of this station.